Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning comes from our gospel lesson, Mark chapter 1, 14 through 20. Here now selected verses. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Thus far, God's holy word. In the name of Christ, who also has called us to be fishers of men, dear fellow redeemed. Don Marquis was an American satirist in the early 1900s. His best known creation was a fictional cockroach named Archie, who would supposedly leave Marquis poems on his typewriter by jumping on the keys. Now, Don Marquis once quipped, Our idea of fishing is to put all the exertion up to the fish. If they are ambitious, we will catch them. If they are not, let them go about their business. It's hard to tell if Don Marquis was being facetious when he wrote this, or if he dabbled in a little bit of philosophy. It is clear that he didn't care much for fishing, however. As he also said this, Fishing is a delusion entirely surrounded by liars in old clothes. Regardless, many fishermen would have a bone to pick with Marquise. Muskie are called the fish of 10,000 casts. It takes real patience and persistence and a bit of good timing in order to hook on to one of these amazing fish. And it certainly takes ambition on the part of the fishermen to stay after their desired catch. And yet Don Marquise does hit on something with his quote. When it comes to be being fishers of men, is that not the method that naturally sets in our minds? Sure, we are willing to cast our nets out there. But if the fish aren't ambitious enough on their own, why put in the effort and let them go about their business? This is a natural philosophy when it comes to doing what our Lord has called us to do. In today's society, it is easier to let the fish do what they want and only welcome in those who have come to the doorstep themselves. As we are in the season of Epiphany, we remember that the season is about how God reveals himself to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And so we will consider the theme this morning, God's secret to fishing for men, where he reveals to us how we are to be working in his kingdom by following the example he set for us. The Gospel of Mark is the shortest of the Gospels, and as such, he does not go into a lot of detail as the other Gospels do but rather he provides the important details quite succinctly. And this is a case in chapter 1. 
In the previous 13 verses, you have a summary of the events leading up to Jesus going into Galilee. Mark talks about John the Baptist being the forerunner in the message of his ministry. He briefly covers the baptism of Jesus, highlighting the words of the Father, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And in two verses, he talks about how Jesus went out into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And this is what brings us to our scene for today. John the Baptist had preached the law to King Herod because he divorced his wife and took as a new wife the divorced wife of his half-brother, Philip. And as a result of this preaching, John was thrown into prison. This is important because it marks the shift from the forerunner who prepared the way to the Messiah who had come to redeem Israel. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus' main area of operation would be in Galilee. It is there that he begins his ministry, proclaiming to whoever, whoever would hear that the kingdom of God is at hand. And of course, he is talking about himself. The one promised to redeem Israel, not from the tyranny of Rome, but from the tyranny of Satan. The finisher of the law, the establisher of the new covenant, the bringer of free forgiveness through his blood, had finally arrived. Repent. Turn from your sin. Believe in him. This is the gospel that Jesus proclaimed. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. As Jesus was preaching the gospel in the land of Galilee, he was actively seeking out Simon, who Jesus would later rename to Peter, and Andrew, his brother. These two, along with James and John, the sons of Zebedee, would become his first disciples. Why is this important? Well, because Jesus' profession was that of a rabbi or a teacher. In Jewish culture, students who want to study the Torah would go and they would choose a rabbi to study under. This was not the case with Jesus. Jesus actively sought out those whom he wanted, and he called them. He didn't call students already well-versed in the Old Testament scriptures, but rather the first four disciples were fishermen. Fishermen in Jesus' day was a common profession, although not a highly glorified one. For Peter and Andrew, James and John, they were not experts in anything but fishing. And they knew how to fish well. 
so well, they could do it with their eyes closed. But what they didn't realize was they still had everything to learn about fishing. Not for fish, but for men. This was Jesus' call to them to come follow him. And they had already heard about Jesus. They were followers of John the Baptist. But once John was in prison, it was a no-brainer to follow the one whom John pointed out as greater than he and who came to seek them out to be his disciples. Now up to this point, it doesn't really seem like this section reveals many secrets about fishing for men, does it? Well, sure, Jesus didn't explain to the disciples right then and there how they were to be fishers of men. But what he would do is spend the next three years teaching them in the right doctrine and showing them himself how to be what he called them to be. Jesus set the example by first and foremost proclaiming the gospel. He did not wait for the pool of fish to come to him, but rather he sought them out. He went to the land of Galilee to bring them the refreshing news of repentance and forgiveness. He didn't switch up his message when people spit out the hook, but he simply moved to a new location continuing to use the same message to reach lost sinners. Finally, he did not lose heart. He, above all, was rejected by many. He was spurned by his own people, but he did not throw in the towel. He endured all the ridicule and shame in order to give Israel every opportunity to be saved. Jesus taught his disciples how to be fishers of men by showing them firsthand how to do it. And he does the same thing for his disciples to this day. He, does, he has shown you and I firsthand how to be fishers of men. It's easy, isn't it, to fall into the mindset of Don Marquis's quote on fishing? Our idea of fishing is to put all the exertion up to the fish. They are ambitious, we will catch them. If they are not, let them go about their business. Especially in our society today, which is so volatile and aggressive, why not just let people go about their business? And the ones who actually come to our doorstep, those will be the ones when we cast our lines out. Certainly it would be easier. We can sit back, enjoy what we have, and let the world carry on around us. Now imagine for a moment, if that is what God did to you. Suppose he didn't call you to faith because you weren't ambitious enough to come to him. None of us are ambitious enough our sin drives us away from God, not towards Him. Without the grace of God, our only ambition would be for ourselves, for our own sinful pleasures. We would be in a much worse state than what we consider our society today because we would be on the pathway 
to hell. If God did not call you or me, none of us would be sitting here this day. God did not reach out to you because of your ambition, but in spite of it. He reached out to you because he saw you on the road to hell, and love drove him to save you. God's secret to becoming a fisher of men is simply using the gospel. It is a good news that you received when God called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. The world we live in is a dark place. There's evil and senseless behavior that abounds around us. And there are two ways that we can look at that pool of people. A less than ambitious people that aren't worth the time and effort to give them the assurance of sins forgiven through the blood of Jesus. Or as desperate sinners who find themselves on the exact same path that you and I were on. It is a no-brainer. God has given you the message of reconciliation to be a fisher of men. He has placed you in the midst of a sinful place filled with sinners needing this hope. You have that hope. You, ha- you know your Savior. The amount of the mass amount of sin, His blood washed away from your record. You know that because of your Savior, you are no longer on the path to hell, but you are on the ladder of God's grace to heaven. This hope, this faith, this Savior, this is your secret to being fishers of men. It is your rod, your reel, your hook, your bait. The very place in which you live is your pool that God has set before you. There are a lot of technical tricks and tips to use when fishing, especially when you are in different parts of the world. You want to do everything you can to get the fish to take your bait and get hooked. Being a fisher of men is not baiting people through tricks or deceit, nor is it waiting for them to jump into your boat. It is recognizing the need that is out there for the gospel and presenting people with this simple truth. Repent. Your God has died and arisen again to take away your sins. Turn and hear this blessed hope that he has in store for you. Amen.